Welcome to the AJP podcast, a podcast for pharmacists by pharmacists, where we discuss current events, relevant topics and emerging issues. I am your host, Carleen McMore, and together with the AJP, I am bringing you the opinions and expertise of different pharmacists to discuss their views and insights on topics relevant to pharmacists. Please like, rate and subscribe to the podcast so that you don't miss an episode. We're talking about career progression talking about internships and the importance of the first few years following graduation, even career counselling and support network, knowing yourself and your limits, hearing from several pharmacists about how their careers have progressed, not necessarily how they expected, how they've ended up where they've ended up, and them sharing some insights and some specific advice with you. Rachel Dina and Peter Crothers talk about their passion for change and best practice, as well as networking and opportunities and flexibilities for travel and work-life balance. They discuss the benefits of pharmacy as a great base and the benefits of being a pharmacist in the bush. They also discuss being headhunted and being involved. Okay, well, it goes back to to Alan, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, (laughs) I started... My parents separated when I was 14 and I needed a job on the weekends. So I thought, right. So I just started at the beginning of Elizabeth Street in a Hobart and I walked up and I thought, right, where could I work? And there was a pharmacy in the mall. I went, I could work in there. I was 15 by this stage. So I, I went in there and um, happened to be my cousin, second cousin's husband, who I always see at Christmas. And he said, yeah, I'll give you a job. And then I thought, oh, you know, that'd be great. You know, I really enjoyed it. And I really enjoyed the people contact. And from there on, I just thought, oh, well, when I got to, um, in, when I got to, you know, deciding what I wanted to do at uni, I thought, oh, this would be pretty good. Um, you know, you can travel around with it if you end up having a family, which I didn't, but that doesn't matter. I'm still travelling around with it. Um, you know, you can stop and start and do weekends and nights and everything. So it was quite a strategic um, decision, I think, you know, for uh, a, a um, stable career as a, as a female, and this is back when it wasn't necessarily a female-dominated um, profession. And then, yeah, just lick and sticks under the fluoros for about 14 years when I graduated and then rejected that and moved into... I went to work at university in research and lecturing and I love the teaching aspect of it, which I still do a lot of now. Um, and I think that that led me, I was the branch director of um, PSA in Tassie and that gave me a really broad look at um, pharmacy and also our lovely pharmacy community. And yeah, that drove me into a passion for um, change and best practice uh, and, you know, then from the fourth CPA moved into that area and was lucky enough to travel around Australia and meet fantastic pharmacists and observe practice that I didn't necessarily think was particularly fabulous. And I've just had some great, actually had some great opportunities um, through working with PSA and now just through being a consultant. And I just, I just love it. I can't ever see myself doing anything different. And I love the fact that you know, sometimes I don't have to work a five-day week and, I'm, I mean, I've never been an owner, so I'm lucky enough that I'm not sort of tied to that. So work-life balance is also, um, you know, great in this career. So that's my little story in a short of short, short version. <laughs> I, I grew up in a pharmacy and my father was a pharmacist and he worked incredibly long hours and he was involved in a lot of community activities <coughs> as well. One of the best ways to see him was to go to the pharmacy. <coughs> so I'd often go to the pharmacy after school. 
or go on a, go on a Saturday morning or something like that because it was a good way of hanging out with Dad. And um, and as I sort of approached the time where you know I had to choose a university course, you know, Dad said to me, you know, what do you want to do? And I said, oh, you know, I'm not really sure. I think I want to be an architect, but I haven't got any, haven't got much maths and and uh, <coughs> or good enough maths. I said, but I, I just don't like the idea of doing any one thing for my practicing career. And, and after a while, he said to me, look, just consider pharmacy. I said, yeah, but I don't want to come back here. He said, no, 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 that's not part of the deal. He said, but he said, if you think that you might at some stage in life be studying to be something else, he said, pharmacy's a great thing to be. It's a great base. He said, it's a good science degree. He said, we're, we're a profession. He said, but we're not actually leg-eyed to our clientele, and that was the term he used. We're not leg-eyed to the clients. <coughs> Since they were quite flexible. He said, we work funny hours. He said, it'd be just about the perfect thing to, to be if you were studying to be something else. I said, yeah, OK. Um, so I put it down as my second choice. Um, I got in, um, and I wasn't, I just wasn't enthusiastic about it at all um, until uh, one day in a university holidays, my father had a pharmacist working for him for a few months, and I thought, gee, this bloke's different. He was a New Zealander, and, um, <clears throat> and he had a different sort of attitude. And then when I went back on the following university holidays, there was another guy there. His name was Stuart Haynes, and... Um, and he had done a diploma of hospital pharmacy, he'd done a postgraduate diploma of hospital pharmacy, and and he just it was like somebody lit a fire under me. He um, he was just the way he approached it, and you know the patient centeredness of of his practice, I suppose. And I thought, yep, that's what I want to be. I'm going to be a hospital pharmacist. So I, I as soon as I graduated, I enrolled immediately in the postgraduate diploma course at Sydney University and, and it just went from there I just met met lots and lots of wonderful people um, and uh, and I became a hospital pharmacist but as but once I'd become a hospital pharmacist I, I just couldn't shake the community pharmacy thing and I and I jumped out a couple of times of hospital pharmacy and went and did bush locums um, and that was motivated by something that had been said to me by a by a a, hospital, a senior hospital pharmacist who said that the, the when, whenever they looked for an employee, they wanted a, uh, somebody who had done some work in the bush. I said, why? And he said, oh, he said they're just fabulous problem solvers. You know, he said you, you learn so much in the bush. And um, and then I got headhunted by PSA, <laughs> and and I went to I was the first pharmacist employed at the PSA National Secretariat, and I had a wonderful boss, uh, Paul Ryan just fabulous man and um, I did lots and lots of different things there um, I I, uh, I edited the journal I did a lot of policy and po- political work um, advocacy I suppose we call it now, nowadays and I just and I acquired a business degree while I was there and I sort of I sort of became the the PSA person responsible for commercialising stuff you know PSA get grants would start things you know self care um, for example, and um, and then it'd have to stand on its own two legs, and and there were always other people, you know, running the programs, but I was sort of helping, and then I and through that I got into drug information. Um, I I um, 
started off the OSDI project. I got very involved in the early days of the AMH and whatever. And then I and then I I left after that and and was working outside pharmacy. I was actually working as a management consultant, and but all the time, I just couldn't let go of community pharmacy. Kept trying to buy pharmacies, was unsuccessful, and then there were a series of events, you know, involving my father's pharmacy in Berg. Very terrible things, really, that I don't want to discuss. But um, <clears throat> but but a series of unlikely events just led to me getting getting reinvolved with the pharmacy in Burke and, and eventually I sort of realised that my, you know, my father needed to retire and I said, oh, Dad, you know, I'm going to force you out. And I said, you know, this is a hostile takeover bid. Um, this is what we're going to do. <laughs> and, um, and, and bought the pharmacy from, from Dad and, uh, in the expectation I was going to sell it to one of my employees. Uh, that didn't work out and, um, and I'm still there. Well, I'm having the time of my life. <laughs> it's... It's just really, yeah, it's good. Yeah, I think that um, that journey through, and you said you wanted to be an architect. That was mm. what I wanted to be as well. Well, and both of us fell into pharmacy, <laughs> not really, but um, being involved um, with, um, you know, branch committees with PSA and then um, fortunate enough to be on national board for a few years, which was... Uh, and that's where I got involved with the early career pharmacist. That became my passion thing and getting an early career pharmacist on the national board or, sorry, finishing the job. I didn't start the job. Uh, all of those things. And then being able to... Fortunate enough to work in... Um, policy, guideline writing, you know, education to implement professional services as well and then being able to actually implement them. Again, being back at the coalface is where you just your, your real passion and joy comes mm. from when rather than just educating others, that, that patient interface, there's just absolutely nothing like it when you see a program that's been written and or developed and then seeing it implemented and seeing the advantages to the patient um, through having access to that, you know, um, medication management um, services, um, yeah, it rings the bells. <laughs> yeah, it's the real bit. Yeah. Amy Page shares about her personal experience and her work experiences whilst travelling and acknowledges the benefits of making connections and creating opportunities. I did my internship in community pharmacy it was a very hard year for me because I was also pregnant. So my uh, son was actually born the day after my board oral exam. So I registered when, yeah, I had a newborn baby. Um, I then worked in community pharmacy uh, in Melbourne for the first year and a half. So I did the evening shifts, five till nine four days a week and I did Saturdays nine till nine Sundays every second Sunday nine till nine in a community pharmacy for the first year and a half after he was born and then we started traveling around Australia so I locumed in a lot of different towns anywhere from regional cities to rural towns to remote towns and I had some really great opportunities and experiences too some t my husband's an electrician so at one stage he was working on the mines in outback south australia and i got a phone call one day 
uh, asking if it was correct that I was in Andamuka and I was a pharmacist and was I working, uh, would I like to come and work at the Aboriginal Medical Centre, uh, which was about three hours from there in the Flinders Ranges. So that was an amazing opportunity to be able to work in an Aboriginal Medical Centre, um, which also was my first experience of working in a non-traditional setting or outside of the hospital community dichotomy. Um, after I'd been registered for three years, I think it was, I was in, went to Geraldton to work doing the home medicine reviews and RMMRs and for a pharmacist there, who a community pharmacy owner there who'd had more reviews than feasible to keep up with. There were a huge number of reviews. It, um, so I did that for three months and then I got an opportunity to start working at the University Department of Rural Health in Geraldton which is part of University of Western Australia so I continued working with the community pharmacist doing the HMRs and RMMRs a couple of days a week and working at the UDRH three days a week as the rural pharmacy educator and while I was there, I met the lady who then became my PhD supervisor who was doing a clinical trial and deprescribing in the aged care facilities where I was doing the RMMRs. So we got to talking and, yeah, I got the opportunity to start doing a PhD with her and my other two supervisors. Um, and the three of them were just the most amazingly supportive, encouraging supervisors I could have hoped for. But because I was based in Geraldton with my one supervisor and the other two were based in Perth, when my Geraldton-based supervisor moved back to New Zealand, I kind of thought, well, she's not here. There's nobody, no other supervisor here. I'll, um, the, my PhD project's not set up here. It's kind of set up to do anywhere. Um, I can kind of be anywhere. So I went and backpacked around Asia with my family for a year and then we went to China briefly. It was going to be brief for like a month and we realised that we couldn't get around without speaking Chinese. So my husband and kids were really keen to speak Chinese so they did a month of uh, Chinese lessons and I figured I couldn't possibly take on the challenge of learning Chinese at this point in my life. So... I got a, just coincidentally, I got an email from, you know, table of contents alert from the BMJ that had an article written by the professor at the School of Pharmacy at the University, uh, at Xi'an University, which is one of the Chinese group of nine universities, and it was in Xi'an, which was the town where we were. So I emailed him to see how, if there was any opportunity to work with him. Uh, or connect with him briefly while I was there. Um, and as a result, I ended up being a, uh, doing a year as a visiting academic at Xi'an Jiaotong University in their School of Pharmacy before I came back to Melbourne, which was where I was from originally. Uh, in Melbourne, I was desperate to take up doing home medicine reviews again because I'd loved that while we were in Geraldton. 
Um, but I kind of figured the market might be saturated, so I was a little bit worried. So I went around to every community pharmacy within 10 kilometres of home and asked if anybody was interested, and everybody either had someone or weren't doing them or just weren't interested in knowing me at all. So I went to two of the general practices, and one of the, they were both interested, they were both keen, um, one of them said, we've just been talking yesterday about how to embed a pharmacist, find a pharmacist to embed in our general practice because we've found out that 800 out of our 5,000 patients take eight or more medicines, so we want to reduce that. And I was like, well, funnily enough, my PhD is on deprescribing. So I started working at the GP practice there um, and continued doing my PhD I also started doing teaching at the same time through Monash. Um, and yeah, it's kind of just gone from there. Jared talks about his experiences with students and the impacts you can have on interns. Great. We, um, so we had three students over the last three weeks. We had one from Monash who was with us for three weeks and we had one from RMIT for week one and another one for week two. And... Um, at the end of the third week for the Manesh student, she came and spoke to me and she said, before I came and did this setting, I was considering moving away from pharmacy. I, I was going to finish my degree and then look at another degree and, and build on from that. And now I want to finish and do the internship. And I'm like, that is why we have students. That is why we have interns. That kind of response is great. And I completely agree with the, the team aspect of it because I'm not always there. And my... Um, PIC and my um, professional services pharmacist and our we, we've got a, a compounding pharmacy as well it's a bit structured our pharmacy I guess and we're really lucky to have four people working in the pharmacy plus Carleen when she's available as well who are all have different aspects different viewpoints different experiences and it just makes um, well I hope it makes it great for the interns I think it's it's really useful Kay Dunkley discusses specialisations and generalists. I think niche pharmacist roles, as in specialisation, have been around for quite a few years, and particularly in the hospital area of pharmacy. And I think they do offer a lot of benefits because they enable someone to gain a body of specialised knowledge and really work effectively with the other team members in those roles but I think we're starting to see them more out in the in community pharmacy now and you know you do need generalists you do need people who have a broad understanding and they're very important particularly in in rural and regional areas of pharmacy that you need someone who can you know manage a range of things but in terms of specialization you know pharmacists who specialize in diabetes or other medical conditions and they have an expert body of knowledge, that is so beneficial and they can actually support pharmacists working in more generalist roles. I think that, you know, we'll continue to see this grow to some extent that you will have specialist pharmacists and, um, I mean, certainly in the pharmacy itself, you know, there's now a number of compounding pharmacies and, again, that's being seen as a niche role, whereas formerly in the past it was... Um, most pharmacies would have undertaken a range of compounding. So, you know, sort of development of niche roles um, in compounding is sort of like coming back, you know, back back to the future <laughs> in effect. Um, 
But I do think um, that there will be some more, I think, as I said before, some generic health professionals who may work in a niche role um, in the in the distant future. I'm not talking about sort of in the next 10 years. I'm talking about, you know, probably when I'm um, out of the workforce and maybe even out of my lifetime that we'll have more generic health professionals. But I certainly see an important role for niche pharmacy roles at this stage. We hope you have enjoyed this episode of the AJP podcast. If you have any comments, questions or suggestions about this episode, please visit the AJP forum at ajp.com.au and join the conversation. If you have any suggestions for future topics or would like to participate in the podcast, please send an email to ajppodcast at appco.com.au or follow us on Twitter at AJP Podcast.